The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of myself and my guests and do not reflect those of the Walt Disney Company or anyone else's employers. Okay. This is it, everyone. We're here to have some fun! Strapping, baby. No stormtroopers, no TIE fighters, no threat of annihilation. Best vacation ever! Summer's about to end, and we're all about to go our separate ways. It's a vacation. Relax. Hello there. Who are you? Obi-Wan Kenobi. What is in this? Come on out in the sun now. Come on out and have fun. We are on holiday. It's not that kind of holiday. So far. Rubbity, rubbity. And don't forget my shoulders. They really burn. (sighs) One never knows how long a moment will last. You must learn to enjoy yourself. What do you know about vacations? Go, Java. Go, Java. Go, Java. Go, Java. The trip isn't about the destination. It's about the journey. Go, go, go! Who will be declared rulers of the beach? Ruler? Everybody limbo! (laughs) Who's next? Try not to lose a hand. It's kind of a thing in our family. It's a... It's a... I'm not saying it. It's a snack! Welcome to another episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast will review Disney television animation shows and sometimes specials that are on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Cheryl Adair Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom, we have Matt Lavasser. Morning. The following podcast will hopefully not contain any spoilers for the attractions at Galaxy's Edge. Seriously, please don't. I've, I've got like three more months till I get to see him and finally get to see him in person, so please. Deal? Um, warning, this podcast may contain choking hazards for people under five. And the great Luke Ski. It's a brick house. <laughs> Get it? Because Lego bricks. Ah, yes. ah. All right. So um, we are here today to talk about the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation Special, which is kind of the um, third in this trilogy of Lego Star Wars specials that it, they've been doing that have sort of been an epilogue for the sequel trilogy, which has been pretty fun. Um, And yeah, still a friendly reminder, I'm still kicking myself for missing the holiday special episode. Yeah. um, Yeah, Deagle actually made the the thumbnail that's going to be on uh, this episode. So not only does he have multiple different um, Lego Star Wars sets, but also... Um, he has uh, made minifigures of several of us. I sure have. Yep. And I believe right now, uh, the last set I got completed my 2005 Episode 3 line of LEGO Star Wars kits. Yay! Um, my sister has the ITS from Rise of the Resistance, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Such a pretty ship. 
And I've been in it. <laughs> she also got like a custom uh, set to make the the um, actual like little transport vehicles from Rise of the Resistance. So that's super mm. cool. Uh, many years ago, back around um, late '90s, early 2000s, um, uh, I uh, had a day job working at a Toys R Us in Madison, Wisconsin, and this was right when Lego very first started doing any of their, you know, IP-based Lego sets. And uh, when the first Lego Millennium Falcon came out, I was, mm. you know, kind of blown away because back when I was in high school, uh, I did a like a parody comic book, uh, like spoofing uh, the whole Star Wars trilogy. And in my version, um, th which was made back in like, oh, you know, like 89 or so, 1990, when I work on this comic book, uh, the joke in that <laughs> in that comic book was that the Millennium Falcon in that version was made out of Legos. So the <laughs> fact that there was an actual Lego Millennium Falcon you could buy just blew my mind. So I, uh, because, you know, the employees were allowed to do this, I kind of pulled one off the shelf and put it in the back because I was intending to buy it. But as you know, uh, you know, <laughs> inflation doesn't really matter. Legos are always very expensive. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> So yeah. I had it back there for a while waiting for me to be able to, you know, feel like I could afford to spend that much money on a Lego set. And then one day one of my managers uh, said like, hey, Luke, is that your uh, Mal uh, Lego Millennium Falcon you have on the shelf back there? Uh, I'm like, yeah, I, I've been meaning to, you know, buy it. And he's like, yeah, mm -hmm. well, uh, uh, we have a, a grandmother on the phone here uh, calling from Oshkosh. Apparently that's the last Lego Millennium Falcon in the entire state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and she really wants to buy it for her grandkids. So would you be willing to, you know, if, if you're, if you can't, unless you're going to buy it today, can you, would you be willing to give it up so that this grandmother could have it for her grandkid? And I was like, Oh, okay. And I gave it up and I regret having done that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, fast forward many, many years later. Uh, and um, uh, thanks to uh, an awesome uh, birthday gift at Disneyland, uh, that uh, a whole bunch of Tony Goldmark and a bunch of my friends uh, organized a whole lot of people giving me Disney gift cards. That led to me getting one of the more recent releases of the uh, Lego Millennium Falcon. So I currently have one assembled and hanging above my television uh, in my living room. So, oh yeah, <laughs> so, I yeah. saw I saw pictures of that on your page. It's the uh, it is the Rise of Skywalker version. Yeah, yeah, and it came Yay. with a bunch of it came with a bunch of minifigs, uh, you know, which is cool. I'd love to, uh, you know, if I ever had the time and the money, you know, hunt down some of the, um, you know, uh, classic trilogy era uh, minifigs just so that I could have those as well. But, you know, whatever. The overall point is just that I finally have my Lego Millennium Falcon. So, <laughs> uh, the fact that you know, uh, I know that there's a, a whole series of Lego Star Wars. Uh, cartoons that have been made that uh, the the Freemaker series, which I haven't seen, but I have seen uh, these three specials. Uh, hmm. um, so yeah. Anyway, that's I just thought I'd say that all of that because it was related to the topic. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, and this is obviously a whole franchise for Lego with all the video games and uh, the Freemaker adventures, and there's also a, a short series called Lego Star Wars Droid Tales that. It's kind of like C-3PO retelling the story of what happened. Um, and these have always been very, of course, comedic and um, not as much as Robot Chicken, but it kind of is in the 
in a bit of the same spirit uh as i think i've said before um i, I know several of the writers also work on other shows like the simpsons and um I think Bill and Bob from Ghosts and Molly McGee also worked on some of the Freemaker adventures, if I remember correctly. Uh, which is actually kind of funny because I was looking to see if uh, Grabala the Hutt was going to make an appearance in this one. He doesn't, but um, Ashley Birch happens to have a small cameo in this. So it's like, okay, well, we didn't have Scratch, but we do have Molly. So there we go. Oh, oh but don't worry, Chandler. We still get a metric shit ton of... Uh corporate synergy that's similar to Grabala's um, uh, little enterprise there. Oh, yeah. You thought Grabala doing that whole resort was um, sort of tongue-in-cheek. Then they went and actually made a whole special that was centered around the Star Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, react <laughs> the reaction I had the first time they revealed that the Halicon is like, I was just literally like, oh, my God, it's the Star Cruiser. It was like it's really oh funny is um so the whole um the whole premise of this is that um Finn has booked this um this vacation for all of his friends to go on. Um, how much so did he pay for that? Must have cost him a... Yeah, that have... was my question is how much money did he have to be able to pay for this? Good lord, did he did he he must he must have had to take out a third mortgage or something. No, actually uh, Darth Vader Darth Vader got some seats on there. Cost him an arm and a leg though. Hey. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, why you uh, um but the 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 funny thing right away to me is that finn is kind of like hyping up how awesome this is going to be and he's like oh i know you like activities and poe's like i do and then poe just starts <laughs> like planning all this all, all like, like basically planning every single minute uh. of their trip and i'm just like Ha! Huh, because when I look at the itinerary for the Halcyon, uh, for Galactic Star Cruiser, I'm like, that's also kind of planned to the minute. That's really funny that that's, like, the thing that the characters are trying to, the rest of the characters are trying to <laughs> avoid is not being able to actually relax because they're going on, you know, they're, they're having to schedule games of Sabacc and Shuffleboard and all this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm, uh, Poe is basically me when I plan for Disney. <laughs> and uh, it should say a lot that the Galactic Star Cruiser is something of a joke among the Disney community that even a, a, an official Disney-produced product is devoted to mocking the ever-loving shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is one thing that's uh, that's probably the, the most seen um, aspect of the Star Cruiser in this special is... The large sun deck with swimming pool that does not exist. I swear they just cribbed that from the Axiom. I swear that was just the Lido deck. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Boy, lunch um... in a cup! <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, getting to see the full model of the Halcyon, that was really cool. Yeah. And, I, and you just know, cherry on top of this, if they do make a massive, ridiculous Lego set of the Halcyon, it'll actually cost less than going on the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, it will. Oh, oh by the way, totally I, will. I noticed they, um, uh, I think, I think Poe left off a few, um, uh, details on his activities list. Like, um, they still got to fly the Falcon. They still got to build their lightsabers and saw these. And of course they still got to ride Rise of the Resistance. Provided and they that need it to have Ronto wraps. Yes. They definitely uh, need uh, to have Ronto wraps, which do appear in this special as well. 
As do um, I notice when uh, when Finn is carrying the whole plate of food, uh, they have uh, the Mustafarian lava rolls, which are like the cinnamon rolls with the red icing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like the, the the people that worked on this special. I'm I'm sure they're like like several of them are also big Parks fans, obviously. Yeah, I mean they referenced uh, they referenced about two in the holiday special, going all the way back to that. So. And I, I think, say you can tell I think they also didn't they also reference Batu in Terrifying Tales? I feel like they did. I feel like they did, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. But I gotta mention, like I'm a, I say I say they still gotta ride Rise of the Resistance, but um, of course they gotta make sure it hasn't broken down yet. Yes, of course. <laughs> they have to make sure it hasn't broken down. I mean that's the first thing I like I said like I said in the um, uh, opening, I'm going to Disney World in three months or so. And uh I swear to God, since I'm staying on property, the first thing I'm gonna do is like Get as early to Hollywood Studios as I can so I can make a beeline straight for Rise of the Resistance so I can ride it as soon as it opens so I don't have to worry about it breaking down earlier. Next yes. Week. And of hey, course, we also need to get a Cosmic Rewind boarding group, assuming they're still doing boarding groups. Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, heard, I've, I've heard rumors that they're gonna, now that, now that we're in the slow season again, they're gonna gradually phase that out. And so I think they might. We'll have to see. I'm not thank sure you, when they're gonna you, do that. Thank we'll you. Disney, Disney just really sucks at doing online reservation and virtual queues great example d23 coming up i oh, planned yeah. my reservations that... to the letter making sure i didn't overlap uh panels with one another i got reservations for one panel oh man so i get to wake up at an ungodly hour on saturday morning to get into the studio presentation yeah yay, yay. Uh... Uh... And uh, I'm, I've never been to D23. I was hoping to go this year, but I, I didn't. So here's hoping. Um, uh, are they going to do a D23 next year? So they can get back to well, the it's two years from now. Yeah. Oh, well, I was I, you'd think they'd do another expo to on the big on the year itself. Like, you know, Disney's 100th in 2023. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I yeah, think this you know, is kind of what it's kicking off. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I know every every year since they've done it, they've done it every odd numbered year. So I wonder if they maybe yeah. they do it, maybe they do another one in twenty twenty three to get back onto the normal schedule and then have another one in twenty twenty five. Who knows? I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Um. So of course, um, everyone goes off and does their own things immediately, and Finn is like, "Oh, okay, great. Everybody left me." And so he goes to the the bar and orders a drink. And oh, uh, wait, I wait, wait. The, I love that the droid is uh, human cyborg libations. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm a, I missed I'm a, we missed a really good joke. They another language barrier joke, like you know, C3PO is like, oh, at last, we're finally on holiday. And then he and R2 just put on like the holiday sweaters, and they're like, it's not that kind of holiday, C3PO. <laughs> Galaxy Brain Starbucks <laughs> says that Holiday Road is a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's the the language barrier between americans and the british yeah oh we're on holiday <laughs> oh please i've watched chicken little since i was five i know how they say holiday <laughs> um so, yeah. sorry i didn't mean to make you feel too old there luke <laughs> Finn goes to the the bar on the on the Halcyon, which I'm sure also sells that one really expensive drink that includes tickets to Skywalker Ranch. And was it just me or was anyone else getting the Shining vibes from that bar? Oh, yeah, I was going to say I'm like, 
didn't we just do the Halloween special? Like this isn't the, the this is this one isn't supposed to be the Shining, but it, it definitely I definitely was thinking that too. You're absolutely right. It's all connected, man. <laughs> connected um, like bricks. <laughs> yes, of course. And um, Obi Wan shows up, and his and of course, course he fucking says course. hello there. Hello there. Yes, of course. They they do all the references you're gonna expect. Uh, of course, I I I like that later when Anakin shows up, he's like, "San, I know, right?" <laughs> but it's everywhere. very subtle. It's very subtle. It's not as like drawn out as you would expect it to be. But I'm like, oh, it was definitely still there. Of course. I mean, there were a couple moments that felt a little drawn out, but they were just overshadowed by all the complete zingers of references that they had. Oh, yeah. Um, and Finn immediately is like, oh, well, Ray's up on the sun deck and, and uh, Obi-Wan's like, no, I'm here to talk to you. And Finn's like, wait, does this mean I'm officially a Jedi now? It's like, well, I mean, he's been training since at least uh, at, le at least the holiday special in this continuity. Yeah, he's so, been a Jedi since Life Day, man. Yeah, he's been a Jedi at least since Life Day. Uh, still feels um, so weird that that's canon now. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We, and we now I'm just thinking about the time they actually celebrated Life Day at Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland in 2019. Right. <laughs> which I'm hoping happens again this year. Not just at Disneyland, sure. but at Hollywood Studios as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, on a, the last time I was at Disneyland a few months ago, they were selling T-shirts in, uh, in Star Traders uh, from Life Day. So I'm kind of assuming that they're intending to keep it going. It's just that, you know, the uh, the pandemic kind of screwed everything up. So, yeah. yeah, just like how it screwed most everything up with um uh, the current parks developments. Like, you know, we could have we could have had an Mary Poppins ride and we still might. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the bald menace did say that it's still on the back burner back in March, but I don't really take him at his word. Yeah. And of course, we could have had the Tron coaster up by now. I'm not bitter. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we're getting that. At some I point think, soon. I honestly think that we're going to get it at the end of this year, honestly. I think that's, we're going to, I know it sounds kind of far-fetched, but I think we're going to get it at the end of this year for the Christmas rush. Because if you look at the current, like, I'm a constructor photos, like, you know, they're already putting down the pavement leading up to it. I think they're, they people just have started human testing on it. Like, you know, human actual testing people has started. It. People have ridden it. Yes, yes, yes. So I definitely think we're closer to the opening date than we are. And, that, and that's not like proprietary information either, because everyone can see it. <laughs> and it's like, I know you guys are all, you know, uh, frustrated with, uh, you know, the, the executives of Disney management uh, and, and, you know, the, those frustrations are fair, but, you know, at least uh, you didn't work on a television show for three years. Uh, and then the executive decided to, uh, eliminate that show from the streaming service and all evidence of it on YouTube and digitally remove it from pretty much everything forever. Oh, yes. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, there, we are, have, there are we entertainment have... companies with much worse executives. So you are appreciate what correct. you have. You yes. are absolutely correct. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's the kindest thing I could say about Bob Chapek. You know, Bob Chapek may be a soulless conservative hack, but he is nowhere near of a soulless conservative hack as David Zaslin. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Literally hacking stuff off of a streaming service, which I, I think didn't they spend think... the most part of last year trying to show how cool it was by releasing things day and date in theaters with yeah. it and kind of screwing over exhibitors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean... The point I'm trying to make is uh, watch Mighty Magiswords on Hulu, everybody. Yes, watch Mighty Magiswords on Hulu, please. 
They also have Uncle Grandpa and OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes because Yay. those shows were made early enough to yeah. have that be a thing. Yes. Yeah. Oddly enough, as I was watching that first half of the where they were establishing the Star Cruiser, I was wondering who would be the um uh, if the if the really terrible Disney Park executives were like Sith Lords, who would be who? I I eventually decided that Pressler would be Palpatine because he was the OG <laughs> money grubbing. He was the OG money grubbing um uh, Parks head. So of course he'd be Palpatine. I think Chafek would. Yeah, yeah. Darth 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 Pressler. Yeah, Pressler would be Palpatine. Chafek would be Vader. And I think tomorrow is quickly turning into Kylo Ren. Oh man. Um. <laughs> uh, so would. Oh, so wait, would ahead. would I would Eisner be Dooku? <laughs> wait, was Dooku above Palpatine? Wait, was 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 Count Duke? Did Count Dooku outrank Palpatine? Well, I'm I'm not sure it's about rank. It's just more it's about, about time, like time like, like a powerful Sith Lord who, you know, is questionable, but at least seemed to get things done during their tenure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, I mean, true. Well, he's well. Eisner mainly did uh, mainly Eisner mainly did all of his good stuff like in like the first year. But then Euro Disney was a flop, and it all went downhill from there. So I yeah. guess you're saying thought. he was only half good, so he should be Darth Maul. Ah, waka ah. waka. Uh, this is what you get for putting me on a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, of course, Obi-Wan begins telling the story of that one time when he ended up pretending to be the husband of, uh, a res uh, I was about to say Resistance, Rebel Spy. Um, he, he had to pretend to be the husband of a Rebel Spy to steal back some coaxium from Jabba's palace. And I love, uh, I love the, the line where um, he's, he's deciding to go along with um, this whole thing. Um, and he's like, she'd forget her, she'd forget her own head if it wasn't snapped on. I mean, that's mostly right. Uh, nitpicky time. <laughs> um, okay. Lego heads more kind of pop on rather than yeah. snap. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but, you know, semantics. Yeah. And about one thing I know about the, um, uh, um, uh, that opening scene where they're, he's fooling the stormtroopers, like no, and then they're they're trying to ward off the stormtroopers, and uh, and um, uh, I know there's a bit of like you know I'm on vacation, and, and the stormtroopers are like vacate, you're on vacation, in most Eisley, and the and again the first thing that pops into my mind is like you know well uh, according to Star Tours, most Eisley literally uses. No visit is complete without having a drink at Tatooine's infamous Moss Eisley Cantina. Where you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. You mean to tell me Obi Wan was just quoting the commercial the whole time? Here I spent the last 35 years thinking he was some wise old sage, and I'm only 28, so that's saying something. And he's just some douchebag who quotes commercials? Applebee's, we will truly eat good in the neighborhood. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But of course, but frankly, I'm uh, in terms of uh, vacation slogans for terrible place. Uh, I'm more partial to Detroit. It's a shithole full of people who steal. <laughs> Only a Sith deals in absolute airflow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you get a bunch of some jerk with a camera fans together. We just start quoting his reviews over 
endlessly. Grubhub. <laughs> Get the perks for the food you love. I don't know what uh, I don't know what their actual slogan is. They just have that horrible commercial. I'm not doing the funny dance for that one. Yeah, the the first sequence with uh uh when we first meet the rebel spy, um my first instinct was like, wait, is that Reva? But then we get her na real name. It's like Valeria, I think. Yeah, uh, Colvet Valeria. Thank you. I was just like, oh, the the <laughs> the more um um wretched hive of the fandom is gonna have a have a fit if that's actually Reva. <laughs> Yeah. Don't know why Rep is awesome, but you know. Yeah. Um, she's, voiced so, yeah. By, she's voiced by a vet Nicole Brown, for God's sake. That's awesome in, in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Did anyone else catch the massive needle drop of the Book of Boba Fett theme when um, Boba Fett is chasing them down on the skiff? I didn't notice that. That's cool. I didn't notice that. That's cool. I, I think it was from the final episode where all the chanting is going along with the Hey, Boba Fett. Mm. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, the um, Jabba's having a birthday barbecue at his palace, and um, inside for some reason. Yeah, inside, and well, you can roast Ronto wherever, I guess. Um, mm. and uh, basically, they're gonna do the the deal in you know in plain sight, which uh, removes the risk of a double crossing from either party. Uh, but of course, um, they're going to, um, but of course, uh, Obi-Wan and, uh, Valeria are going to steal the Coaxium back. And they actually get more than three Coaxiums this time. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently Jabba the Hutt has a birthday barbecue every year. Yeah. Which, you know, it's Jabba the Hutt, so why not? Yeah. But I wonder, I wonder... It, I'm sure there must have been times when the barbecue didn't work. So does that mean they'd have to take out from uh, Pizza the Hut? <laughs> ah. <laughs> this whole thing is going to just be us making stupid jokes, isn't it? <laughs> you do know which podcast you're hosting, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bad bad Disney Parks jokes, bad Star Wars jokes, and Spaceballs references. That's us. Hooray. Welcome to the podcast with bad jokes. Yes. <laughs> The podcast with chaotic arguments. <laughs> that was uh, that that was the the musical without a cool acronym episode. <laughs> the podcast with chaotic arguments. Uh, but so basically, um, Obi Wan just does not know how to actually like enjoy a party at all. Also, I love that they're just wearing Hawaiian shirts. I've been on this earth for a quarter of a century. How have I just realized that I needed Obi-Wan Kenobi in a Hawaiian shirt right now? How come it took me that long to figure it out? That's great. I love it. Uh, Speaking of Hawaiian shirts, um, I first of all, it's like, you know, to what degree you consider, you know, all of this canon to the greater Star Wars universe. I love that uh, there is now a character portrayed by Weird Al Yankovic that is very much like Weird Al Yankovic in the Star Wars universe. Yes. And the thing I'm looking forward to is, you know, at Star Wars Celebration or some other big convention, somebody cosplaying, like, the... Like, if Vic Vankov was, was you know, in the regular Star Wars universe played by, you know, Al or somebody, what would that cosplay look like? You know, the, the non-Lego version of that character. You know, like, they would build their own 
you know, whatever that weird Lego instrument is supposed to be that he's playing. And then. <laughs> yes. And, uh, it's, and, like and a, just... it's like a sci-fi accordion. Basically. Yeah, basically. Just take an accordion, put some various bits and bobs on it, and you're good to go. Yep. Yeah, that's how they made the Death Star. They just put, like, all these battleship kits on a giant accordion. Bam. But wait. <laughs> but wait. If this does take place in the Star Wars universe, does that mean Vic Vanko, um, uh, would he yeah. get LASIK 2? Or, because I'm like, you know, would it be like, you know, if if this did exist, like, would he, would we still have, like, you know, the glasses and the, and, like, the curly hair, or would it be with, like, no glasses? Wait, does well, LASIK in the Star Wars universe involve kyber crystals? How does that work? <laughs> I just figured it involved a lightsaber. Well, well yeah, kyber he's crystals. Not... He's not wearing glasses in the special, so I would have to assume the, you know, in-universe version of LASIK is probably something he got. I think that story, we're jumping ahead here, but that story takes place after Revenge of the Sith, so... Yeah, after he... Revenge of the Sith, but before Rogue One, obviously. Okay, mm. so maybe at some point, like, Lego Phantom Menace, he got it. Or he, he had the glasses, and then at some point uh, elsewhere in the prequel trilogy, he got it, so... I also thought it was... uh interesting or, or i don't know it's a it's like it's the it's a play the name is a play on the name on the name yankovic which is you know y-a-n-k-o-v-i-c so you know so they took the v-i-c made vic the first name and then the last name is v-a-n-k-o-h it's like why isn't it why wouldn't they put y for make it to make it you know yanko so that would be vic yanko so i just wonder if maybe they thought like that was some kind of you know, like like people would con consider that like a, a a naughty joke to have. You know, Yanko be his last name or something like that. <laughs> you know, well, so I know I just, at I, least. Oh, go go ahead. No, I just I just think uh, it, it's like if you're if you're gonna go that far and have that be the name, just you know, make it the complete, you know, wordplay spoof of it. You know, so I just think it's weird that it's Vic Vanko and not Vic Yanko. So, wonder if it's the same stupid rule that. You can't have all three. You can't have a character that is named after you, that is voiced by you and looks like you, that they have for, like, Phineas and Ferb and Milo and all those. Uh, where, like, for example, in Hamster and Gretel, um, Dave, the dad, um, looks like Dan, um, but is not voiced by Dan and is not named after Dan. And, like, you know, with Love Handle, it was the same kind of thing where... Danny, Swampy, and Bobby could not play the characters that were named after them and designed to look like them, so. Hmm. But I wonder if the rules are different for Lego. I'm not sure. I don't know if they're as as uh, as anal about that. I don't know what the deal is with it, so. I mean, probably not, but then again, you're probably limited by the amounts of, like, um, pieces you can use to represent um, whoever take it from a guy who's whose thing is making legos out of pe uh, uh, people into legos it's a lot harder than it looks to try and find pieces that match well yeah but they don't have to use in universe pieces all the time in these specials they they can cheat a little yeah, and have yeah, yeah um i'm also wondering but we need uh, we need this minifigure yes please i was heartbroken when uh vic Vic Vanko wasn't in the upcoming um, advent calendar for this year. That's just like that. That was the perfect opportunity to put him in there. Yeah. 
Could it possibly be that they're going to wait and release something for next summer since it's a summer thing? Maybe. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, because for a summer vacation special, this release kind of late, and obviously we're getting to it later just because um, scheduling logistics and all that. Um, but of but course, it, if you're in it, California... We're recording it on Labor class. Day, so it still counts, I think. And if you're in California like us, we're in the middle of a heat wave at the time of the recording, so it still feels like summer, all right? Yeah, same in... The, the day that they had all the Halloween decorations up at Magic Kingdom, I'm like, I feel like I'm being gaslit. <laughs> I'm also kind of curious to find out if if Al himself wrote the song Scarif Beach Party or if that was written by the writers, because yeah. uh, it's it's, you know, uh, in typical fashion, you know, that like everywhere I go online, it's just mentioning Al. It's not mentioning if specifically he wrote it or not, but whatever. Yeah, I looked it up yeah. online. I, I, I paused the credits at that moment. He didn't write it. He just performed it. Oh, OK, yeah. cool. I as as a you know, writer and performer of comedy music, I do like to make sure I'm giving credit where credit is due when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, you know, especially things like I'm involved in, you know, like, for example, you know, well, I've, I've appeared in a lot of friend songs that I didn't write, but then for, uh, my Devo Spice did a song called, uh, spider verses about the movie into the spider verse, where all of the people who guested on that track, uh, did their own verse and wrote their own verse. Uh, and I got to play Spider Noir in that, so I'm I'm the one that like caps off the song at the end. So it's nice. just like, so so you know, wh whenever Al performs anything, it's always a great performance. Uh, I just you know I'm just personally curious as a fan. It's like, okay, did Al write that or did somebody else write that? And if so, I want to know who wrote it because I'm jealous of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So going back really quick to the whole Jabba's barbecue thing. Um, so Obi Wan sings karaoke. And or if it's not karaoke, then he's making this up on the spot. But it seems like it's a song that existed previously. Yeah, we get to hear um, Obi Wan. We get rap. to see Max Rebo. Yeah, yay! So yeah. that's fun. and a CG version of a minifigure for size noodles, which we've never gotten before. Yeah. yeah so we, we get to hear. Maybe we won't. We don't know. <laughs> we basically get to hear Obi Wan rap in this thing. <laughs> and I never I thought. I never, I never thought, thought I'd see I the day. That. I never thought I needed that. Yeah. And Old Taylor could outwrap Andy Samberg from the Lonely Island earlier this year. <laughs> you know, I know I know I watched too much Some Jerk with a Camera because the very first thing that when he started rapping, the very first thing that came to my mind was uh my name, you know, is C3PO. Rapping about space, a new place to go. <laughs> oh my god. That... <laughs> Yeah, the that, Star Tours rap. That, I was just like, who who decided that was a good idea? Yeah. What's you know, and a character played by Ewan McGregor going up to do singing, song, and dance? That's insane talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like he's done it before. And it's not. It's certainly no coincidence that he did it both in French settings. So, like, are you guys all um, familiar with the Star Wars Christmas album? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard, once again, thanks to some jerk with the camera, I know there's a few bits and pieces, like, uh, I know he did, um, uh, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb in the credits for the Star Tours part, yeah. Adventures Community that's, Part that's, 1. That's kind of the most well-known track from that one, but there, yeah. there is a, there is a C-3PO track 
where, where the course is. The odds against Christmas Christmas, being Christmas, Christmas are 365, 365 to, one. to one. And that I recognize <laughs> because that was in the season of the Force blog. Yes, I remember that. Was that like oh an official thing God. or was that like... It's it's something they put. It's, it's, it's it, that album is as official as the Star Wars special, you know, the holidays, the original <laughs> holiday special. So that's funny, you know. <laughs> that's really so, funny. So 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 your, your results may vary, but you know, how do they celebrate Christmas if it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? I don't know. It's I I'd kind of assume that you know, uh, the entire canon of Star Wars, you know, predates the birth of Christ. But whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so hey, course, look over there. <laughs> so uh, of course Valeria is uh, stealing the coaxium while Obi-Wan is actually getting into it and having a good time okay. um, and then Obi-Wan totally blows her cover oh, by the way I, I, I gotta mention this like I laughed so hard when the Jawa just ripped off his robe to reveal like the white John Travolta Saturday Night Fever robe <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Oh, that was great. Uh, yeah, Obi-Wan blows their cover and they have to, you know, they, they have to escape. And they steal um, Jabba's birthday skip, which doesn't go very fast. And of course, they end up getting chased by Boba Fett. In his fire spray ship, deal with it. And um, eventually they're able to, um, Obi-Wan, like, uh, uses his lightsaber to cause a bunch of uh, rocks to fall on him, and that's how they stop him. And then Jabba, Jabba calls and he's like, yeah, I lost him. Yes, I'll go pick up more ice. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, that was also D. Bradley Baker playing, um, playing Boba Fett. Yay, that's always fun. Mm -hmm. D. Bradley Baker has done how many different Star Wars voices at this point? Oh, that's nothing. He plays a hamster in Overwatch. <laughs> uh, uh, him playing a hamster, huh? Well, um, too bad we don't have Beck Bennett in this. Well, at least it's not a CGI groundhog that says Waza. <laughs> like I said, we're just going to keep making some trip with the camera references all, yes, all throughout this course. podcast. Uh, what's Star <laughs> Wars? I've never heard I of did. that before. <laughs> I do remember a meme, a meme I really like uh, right when the Bad Batch was coming out. It, like somebody put a bunch of images up of uh, the characters. It's like the Bad Batch starring D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley Baker, and introducing D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> and D. Bradley Baker is Perry the Rebel Puss. Wait, a Rebel Puss? Perry the Perry Rebel, Rebel Puss. Puss. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, if um, I had a nickel for every time a Death Star I built blew up, I'd have two nickels. But it's weird that it happened twice, right? Why the hell is there a third Death Star? Hey, it's oh, called Starkiller Base. Finn built a third Death Star. So basically, uh, at, at the end, Finn is like, that wasn't a vacation. And Obi-Wan's like, hey, I had fun. You just got to have fun in the moment. Really? Uh, is, is that and... what he calls his relationship with Satine? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Alive with the sound of music, oh, God. which is the only musical thing Ewan McGregor has done in a French setting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I seem to remember that he was once turned into like a, a candlestick or something. No? It was the no, only no, thing no. he's ever done. Hmm. The Jedi, <laughs> the Jedi mind trick. I think no, he dabbed at one point. No, that never happened. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Uh, I think it involved the girl from Harry Potter and the guy who played the snowman in Frozen. 
Moving on. Um, so, um, Finn leaves the bar and tries to go find everyone. Ray is asleep, and so he ends up running into everyone else trying to escape from um, Poe. And like I said earlier, Poe's got this mountain of stuff from the buffet that he was able to take from the buffet because I guess it's a cruise ship and they don't care. Uh, including, like I said, Mustafari and lava rolls, which is just funny because I'm like, oh yeah, I've had one of those. <laughs> Relax plus, like, with this thousand dollar platter of treats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> plus like a, I, uh, the robots, the three robots, they've all gone to the spa and BB-8 has a little cucumber on his I and it's adorable. <laughs> love it. Uh, He's got and like a towel wrap on his head too. It's in, great. in the ensuing chaos of uh, Rose trying to escape, uh, Finn ends up getting shoved into a transport going to Scarif, which we find out. And again, I don't know how canon this is, but I feel like at least some of these details they have to be at least considered in the canon, right? Um, that basically we find out that Scarif was a resort before, and then it became an Imperial base, and now it's back to being a resort all over again. It's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> it's about to make a Knott's Berry Farm joke somewhere in there. <laughs> before the dark times, before the Boysenberry Wars. And, of course... <laughs> Of course, who should show up on the beach to talk to um, Finn but the ghost of Anakin Skywalker. In a love, suit. Yeah, I love that they did that because it's like, okay, so we're going to have it obviously, you know, seem like, oh, it's Darth Vader. But it's like, no, it's actually like Anakin because he's good, obviously, now. Um, but, so that was, I, I thought that was very funny. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This takes place after the events of the eventual Star Wars, right? The original trilogy, right? Uh, this takes yeah. place after well, yeah. the sequels. Wait, yeah, then, this then takes place what? after the sequels. Yeah, okay, but but I have one question. Like, you know, why is why is Anakin Hayden Christensen and not Sebastian? Uh, Sebastian Stan, I believe his name was. He was the guy. Who, oh, wait, I gotta look it up. Who played Sebastian, Anakin? Sebastian Stan is the Winter Sebastian Soldier. Scott. I was gonna say Sebastian Stan was the Winter Soldier. Who was it? Oh. Sebastian, oh, you're, in the, you're in the wrong Lego IP. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, so Although Sebastian... both are edgy guys with long hair and a robot arm, so uh, yes. okay. So Sebastian <laughs> Shaw. So why is so? I know the special editions came out by now, but you know, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I guess I just kind of prefer seeing Sebastian Shaw instead of Hayden Christensen. Special editions. Yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the canon thing yeah. now, and I guess yeah. I guess sort of the idea is it's like, well, he you know he's he's free of Darth Vader, so he's um back to being his true self. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but then, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Thank God I still have the 1995 box. I, I think it makes more sense for him to show up in that form to Finn than um, than the special edition where it's that to Luke. Because Finn hadn't actually ever met Anakin personally. So that would at least make more sense, I feel like. Yeah. And and so of course we get the obligatory sand joke because they're on the beach. Uh, oh, even better! There, there's a bit before that where Finn is making a sand castle and it's Darth Vader's castle on Mustafar. Yes, and then it just completely crumbles like Thanos uh, just snapped. Yeah, <laughs> damn you, Thanos! <laughs> Kill Bosby will not return. So Anakin tells uh, Finn the story of the time that he insisted. 
uh, back when he was Darth Vader, he insisted that um, he and Palpatine go on a vacation because Palpatine was complaining about how boring it is to be Emperor and how, you know, he doesn't ever get to do anything that he enjoys doing anymore. And uh, again, as I as I mentioned earlier, there's people eating Ronto wraps in the crowd of this whole yeah. celebration that's happening, which is yeah. great. Yeah, I love I how the celebration is basically just watching the fireworks from Batu in essence, but yes. just at the Imperial City. There's just Ronto yes, exactly. wraps everywhere and fireworks. <laughs> Yay! And, uh, and I love the fact that they still kept in like Vader and Palpatine, like like an old married couple. They're shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I mean, because it's basically the same dynamic that they have in in Robot Chicken, and it's wonderful. I love it so much. Yeah. Wait, so you're telling me that the animated series about toys coming to life feels like Robot Chicken? <laughs> the devil, I say. Yeah, and I I also love the bit where like you know where where Palpatine's playing like you know. You know, look at those fools down there celebrating. I want to zap every last one of you! And they just look up and they're like, yay! <laughs> um, so, of course, they take uh, they take a vacation to Scarif, and um, Palpatine is still just doing nothing but complaining. And, of course, nobody in the crowd recognizes them yet. Uh, and they're about to turn around and leave, but... Um, and, and, of course, as as this is happening... Um, we've got, um, Vic Vankov, um, playing Scarif Beach Party, which, of course, is technically, technically, that is the third song in the Weird Al Yankovic Star Wars canon. Yeah, we'll call it the two and a half, since he two didn't and a half. technically write it. He didn't write it, so, yeah, it's two, yeah. it's two and a half. It's, a, it's, it's a, funny, because it's, it's simultaneously an unofficial entry to the Weird Al Yankovic canon, but it also is actually canon to Star Wars, kind of, maybe. Yeah. Like, if, if Al did another, uh, like, he, he put out a box set uh, of a, few, a couple of years ago that had um, a bonus album called Medium Rarities, which was basically all a bunch of tracks that are rare uh some of which were written by him and some of which weren't but were from you know significant you know whatever tv specials or movies or something so i could see al putting this on you know that kind of a rarities collection but i would never expect him to perform it live in concert because it's right. not a song that he wrote right of course uh, would this album be called medium scare of tees well as long as it's not i want to go to the NFTs. gift shop and get me a scare of tea <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic, he, oh god, that he, he just brings his all into everything he does, and it's glorious. I'm seeing him next month. I'm so excited. I, well, I, I had just, to squint a couple times. I swear I saw Lego Harry Potter in there once or twice. <laughs> yep, I happened to see him. At, I I saw him about a few months ago. You know, and I even got the VIP package, so I got to meet him afterwards. And I swear there was no, there was no like. I think the greatest thrill that I came from them doing the Yoda chant live because you know <laughs> for this particular tour they they cap off the met the ending medley with yoda and they brought back the chant after yes. the first time since the mandatory world fun world tour and they added in the lion sleeps tonight that was the only thing they added to it but it was still so cool to hear them do it live yeah I... for those of you who aren't familiar with the yoda chant what that is is that at, he typically always does um yoda as the last song of the show um and uh, uh, at some point, uh, Al and the band came up with this, like, 
weird chant that they would do at the end of it. And, and then every successive tour following when they started it, they would keep adding more things to this chant to the point where it got to be the chant itself was uh, at one point at least four and a half minutes long, and now it's become even longer because they've added the line that sleeps tonight into it. Um, <laughs> so, so it's it's the the thing about the Yoda, the Yoda chant is kind of meant to blow the minds of anyone at that concert who's never seen Alan concert before because they just start doing it and they have no idea what it is and all of the regulars are just like singing along with it like yeah he ha 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 you know and like we're all cuz we've seen it like you know 37 times you know in a row yeah. <laughs> some yeah. people i know yes yes i, yeah, I mean this, again again this was like the first again this was this was like the first time since the mandatory fun world tour that they did the chant I mean, they didn't do it for the first Ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour. They didn't do it for the strings attached tour, which they should have done. Because just imagine a full orchestra doing the chant with him. They should have done it for strings attached. But and so this was like the first time. But for the unfortunate return, they finally did it again, and it was just glorious, and I, I loved it. And to think it started out, and to think it just started out with like um, uh, as a way to during another one rides the bus. Because I think the first time they did it, the the, the earliest chant was for another one rides the bus. And then it was like, I guess later on that they decided to do it for Yoda. Well, big shock. I guess they just figured Star Wars was going to become uh, fairly popular in the next few years. So, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I say that because I, 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 one of the reasons why I memorized the chants because I watched the evolution of the Yoda chant videos that's on YouTube, and the very first yeah. one, and the very first one they say that was like they say that's from like a, a, I think it was from a Doctor Demento anniversary concert. And they were doing another one, rise the bus, and they did the initial, you know, da din din da did did da did it not, you know, cut the cut all that stuff, and that was during another one, rise the bus, and I guess later on they did it for Yoda. Hmm. Love it. So, uh, of course, the moment Palpatine realizes that there's actually going to be a trophy given out. Um, and have you know the the winner of all all the the beach games will be crowned uh, rulers of the beach. Of course, that gets Palpatine to actually be interested, and he's like, he's like, prepare for battle. <laughs> and basically, it's a whole montage of Vader and Palpatine cheating at beach games, <laughs> which is just so just goofy, and I love it. Diabolical. <laughs> And of course, and of course, when Palpatine's finally crowned the winner, of, co of course we get an unlimited power! Unlimited power! <laughs> uh, the meme game was on point on this one. And then, of course, um, <clears throat> he freaks out when he realizes that they're giving out participation trophies. So he's one of those people who just complain on Facebook about participation trophies. Oh, he's a total boomer. He's a boomer. Uh, yep. Well, I mean, face it, most boomers are supporting, most pe most boomers support, most people support homegrown, most of, most of these boomers are supporting the fascist party anyway, so I guess it makes yeah. sense. Hmm. Yeah, it would make sense that the fascist party is itself a boomer. Yeah, but well, then again, the the shift, like, you know, the, um, uh, the you know, you know, the shift, like, you know, when the Republicans really started to go full conservative, that was like late 50s, early 60s anyway, so... And the boomers were like late fifties, early sixties. Anyway, make it—it it, it makes total sense. Yeah. 
Actually, I think the shift was a little closer to the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, because I I think, like, I always said that Richard Nixon was, like, the first step in the gradual corruption of the Republican Party. Because, you know, with Watergate and his mishandling of the Vietnam War and all that, and it just snowballed into, well, Reagan, Bush, everything about the the he who must not be named administration. Hmm. So, yeah, so I I think it was definitely around that time when it started. Good old uh, tricky portion, And this portion of the podcast is now politics without a cool acronym. Politics without a cool acronym. <laughs> um, so, of course, um, back in back in the present of the special, um, Finn's like, so what was I supposed to learn from that? <laughs> uh, the emperor was impossible to please, even, you know, even back then. It's like, no, you got to find your bliss. Um, one of, And the emperor says... Uh, you know, we're going to build a base here and it's going to be it's going to be great and he starts basically planning out the the mechanics for the finale of Rogue One. <laughs> and people wonder why it took so long to finish the first Death Star. Yeah. It's cuz he got distracted on all sorts of other side projects. Oh man. <laughs> why the hell was there a third Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I was I was talking about the like, story, like you know, I guess there technically was because of the Star Killer base in Force Awakens, but I, that's not really a Death Star. It's a it's a planet yeah, that they turned a, into yeah, a Death Star Killer base. Yeah, it's like a planet that they turned into a Death Star. Yes, I'm First um, Order. I don't I don't accept any sequel trilogy slander. <laughs> Speaking well, of um, which, lots of Rise of Skywalker references in this one, eh, Chandler? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. were. I mean, well, I mean, Rise of Skywalker is the only one I'll willingly slander because, of course, Force Awakens and Last Jedi were actually, you know, good. I'm I'm one of the weird stripes of the fandom that enjoys all three of them. Impossible. (laughs) My, My attitude about the Rise of Skywalker is that, you know, me being, you know, the oldest person on this podcast, uh, uh. You know, I was three years old when the first Star Wars movie came out, so it's like, you know, uh, and uh, what year did Rise of Skywalker come out? Uh, 2019. 2019. Most notably because it came out around the same time as Cat. Yes, <laughs> it came out at the same time as Cats. Yeah, and I still remember Tony making that video. Encouraging, <laughs> yeah, encouraging all the fandom menacers to go see Cats. Yeah. So, and by the way, that video, the, the cat's review video was filmed in my apartment, which was, yes, I'm sure fun for my neighbors. Um, I, I remember <laughs> when I went to when the day I, I actually got to meet Tony in person for the first time, we went to galaxy's edge and we got, um, Roger Raps and he was telling me about his plan for the cat's review. If it won the Twitter poll. And I was so happy when it did. He's like, you can't tell anyone. I'm like, yes, I know. I can't, I won't. So, but, so back to back back to the rise of Skywalker. So my overall point is, you know, I I you know I was three when Star Wars came out. I haven't been a fan of this franchise for forty two years to, you know, go into any film like with a notion of, you know, I'm going to hate this film, you know, no matter what, you know, it's not. it's you know, uh, and you know, I think. There's only one. This is just my take on it. It's like whatever's canon is canon, and you know if it if you don't like it, 
you know, that stinks, but, you know, are you going to throw out your entire love for, you know, a canon of, of a, of a, an IP franchise because of, you know, one particular aspect of this, that, or the other. And that's just not me. So I think my biggest problem with the rise of Skywalker is Palpatine still being alive and being Ray's grandfather is dumb. I think that's yes. dumb that it should have been that. That's my uh, biggest problem with the whole thing. Well, it it should have been, it should have been that, that, that Snoke was actually a clone of Darth Plagueis and that Darth Plagueis was actually the dude on that planet and was not related to Ray at all. At least that's kind of what I think it should have been. So, you know, in my mind, I'm kind of like, eh, they got pretty close. I'm, you know, but whatever. So yeah. I'm not going to sit around, you know, being mad at the rise of Skywalker. I'm just going to sit around and be mad that it, it took 42 years, but we finally got all nine movies. And that's amazing because yeah. for the majority yeah, of my life, for, for a great huge chunk of time, for like 15, 16 years, there were three movies, and that's all they were ever going to be. So the fact that there's so much more Star Wars content, not just of movies, but of TV shows and animated series and Lego specials, it's like, y'all be grateful for what you have, because Absolutely. this didn't used to be around, y'all. Absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my biggest problem is that they kind of went out of their way to appeal to, like, you know, the last Jedi haters and the yeah, Raylo I... shippers and the Raylo shippers, of course. So I think I think by that pandering, it really brought the, the quality of the film down. Yeah, I, I was I was frustrated if it really did feel like they were trying to pander to those people when it's like, hey, I've liked these other two movies, you know, on their own. Um, I mean, why else did Rose Tico get barely any screen time in this movie to appeal yeah. to the last Speak Jedi haters? Speaking of which, uh, we don't get as much of her in this one, but I think it's really cool that Kelly Marie Tran actually came back and came back to play Rose again in yeah. all three of yeah. these because she's yeah. always yeah. wonderful. I love her. Can I just interject a real quick thing, you know, talking about uh, the rise of Skywalker, like there, there was in the in the Star Wars holiday one, the, you know, the Christmassy mostly one uh, where they did throw in uh, a dig on the rise of Skywalker. That was like really subtle where yes. like d during that time travel scene, you know, where, where they're where it's Vader and Palpatine on the return of the Jedi Death Star. And it was like some comment about like, you know, like, oh, no, you know. If you fall down the if you fall down the shaft there, you know you'll you know you're going to die. And then like Vader turns Nobody to the camera and says, "Yeah, no one comes back from that." You know that was that was uh, that was Ben Solo that said that. That was that was Kylo <laughs> Ren that said that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been watching it a long time, but yeah, I just I noticed that and I'm like, oh snap, they're throwing shade at how dumb it is that Palpatine is alive in in Rise of Skywalker. So it's like I'm glad that they that they threw that joke in just so that it's like yeah we know it's dumb whatever let's we have to we're just going with what we have i will yeah. say the best thing about rise of skywalker hands down is that whole that whole battle with the ghost star destroyers even though that doesn't make any sense like that is just so cool and especially the star tour sequence we got for that um <laughs> yeah. with exegol that is amazing it's so cool i think it's like it, I, I think the existence of them doesn't make any sense, but it's a really cool sequence. So, yeah, and, you know, and plus, like I was just thinking, I'm a Kelly Marie Tran. She ultimately won the day over the Phantom Menace in the end because I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but she is now the voice of an official Disney princess. Yes, <laughs> yes, she yes. Is. Raya is now an official Disney princess, and it's just glorious. Hooray! Woo. I, 
I'm trying to think. Is she in the cavalcades now? Because like I know the uh, Mirabelle um, is. Mirabelle is, and oh my gosh, she is so adorable. I love yeah. her so much. She's please. Great. I hope to every possible god they start they set up a meet and greet for Mirabelle at at Disney World at some point because I want to meet her so bad. But I think Raya, she's still um uh, she's still kind of a California exclusive. She's up meeting yeah. at the old. She's meeting at the old Brother Bear stage at um, uh, Disney's California Adventure at Redwood Creek. Yeah, that's how old I am. I, my, the first time I ever been to Disneyland was in 2006, back when they still had the Brother Bear, Brother Bear. theming at, at Redwood Creek before they changed it over to Up. Which is a bit of a lurch in uh, theming, if you think about it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, So, of course, um, Finn ultimately goes back to the Star Cruiser and um, is visited by Leia. And mm. Leia tells him about um, the last trip that she and Han ever went on with uh, Ben before they dropped him off at uh, Jedi training with Luke. And just seeing, um, I just, can I just say like seeing ghost Leia, man, that still is a huge gut punch to know that Carrie's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So it's still always a bit of a gun punch to see ghost Leia in any bit of star Wars medium. And, Although um, I, I've been reading too much of uh, Amy Meverson's Pocket Princesses uh, webcomics, yeah. so yeah, they... seeing Ghost Leia without a can of Coke in her hand is just like, wait, you're Leia? Oh, right, right. <laughs> Official product. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, like I said, she tells um, Finn the story of the last vacation they took together, and basically they go to um, Mimbon, which is where Han first met Chewbacca, and they've got their, their tourist attraction is the galaxy's fourth and third largest balls of mud. The biggest ball of mud in the galaxy. The tour droid is none other than Molly McGee herself, Ashley Birch. Who nice. looks like the same kind of droid as Captain Rex. Yes. <laughs> and the same type of droid as Captain Rex? No, not that one. <laughs> Different uh, one. <laughs> God. We... Why hasn't Rex done more appearances in Star Wars media? I mean, I mean, I'd, lo I'd love to hear Paul Rubens reprise Rex at some point. Bad Batch cameo, please? Yeah. I don't know why we didn't have DJ Rex at all in this special. This would have been the perfect place for him to show up somewhere. When I saw Rex well, show up on that episode of Star Wars Rebels, I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, they got D. Bradley Baker and D. Bradley Baker and D. Bradley Baker to come back for the same episode? And Paul Rubens. <laughs> So hey, I I just had, I just had a thought I I okay so I I got to be a voice actor on Mighty Magiswords which is awesome and the way voice acting works is for, for most actors when you show up for a show is that you're when you're at the record you 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 can potentially record for up to three characters for how much you're getting paid but once you go into four you know a fourth character then the amount you get paid goes up. And then, and the amount of characters you play goes up with how many more characters you play. So that's why a lot of the cartoons, like, you know, people who are creating it and show running it, uh, they have to be economical, you know, with like, all right, you know, like, I, like I'm sure on, on like Milo Murphy's Law and on, you know, Phineas and Ferb, they're like, okay, we got, uh, we got Brock in today. It's AR. He'll be the voice of this guy and this guy, and then this third person, and then that's it. And then we have to find somebody else so that they can work within their budgets, is my point. So my point is, how much does Dee Bradley Baker get paid when all he the is money. the voice of almost every character on a series? <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm very curious to find out, like, you know. <laughs> and then, Although and maybe I, there's like a loophole because. Follow-up question. 
Follow-up question. How much money does Dan Pothermar get, get paid to do the voice acting for Hamster and Gretel on top of actually, like, being a creative? Because, like, he is all over that show, and that's, like, the most the most distracting thing about the show is I'm, like, everywhere you turn, Dan's voicing some other bit part character. <laughs> maybe there's a loophole for D. Bradley Baker, because since they're all technically clones, maybe they're still all considered. <laughs> that's possible. Well, you know, they, I also like to think about, like, I'm sure they've been working on new episodes of Bad Batch during the pandemic. So it's like, not only is he the voice of almost the entire cast, he has to record it, like, alone at his home, probably. In his closet So it's like, something. hey, D. Bradley Baker, what you doing? I'm in a little closet voicing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember he was, uh, there, there was something where he was, like, he'd meet, uh, he was talking about how he'd meet an actor and be like, oh, yeah, I played your dog. <laughs> or your or some other pet. Um, D. Bradley Baker is D. Bradley Baker is the new Frank Welker. He plays yes. all the dogs. He's just he's just everyone. <laughs> so of course, um, Ben is completely unimpressed with their trip, and um, and um, Han decides that um, instead of um, staying there, they're going to go to this resort on Endor uh, that's being opened up by a guy named Wick Cooper, voiced by Thomas Lennon. Yes. Um, in real life, Thomas Lennon and Weird Al are like really good friends. <laughs> yes. uh, I mainly know Thomas Lennon because of uh, the birthday videos that Weird Al has done for him. Um, and of course, um, Ben um, meets uh, Wick's daughter, Sidero, and um, immediately develops a crush on her, which is cute. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like the character Sidero. She's basically the, epi the epitome of every Star Wars fan. You know, before the fandom got overrun, oh, got uh, taken over by the alt right. Yeah, I wouldn't say taken over, just like a thin layer. Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's it's a very vocal minority. I think well, most I mean, Star well, Wars fans are still pretty awesome, yeah. but it's just because of that vocal minority, it just sucks to talk about on the internet. But going to actual fan events is still really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then again. Yeah, but then again, I guess you could say that vocal minority has been vocal ever since the days of the prequels. Because I remember. Yeah. I remember in the Galaxy's Edge vlog, Morgan talking about um, uh, how the fandom, how they hated uh, Ahsoka Tano at first. So it's like, you know, so mm -hmm. I guess it's like, you know, they've always been there. But of, and of course, I'm, and of course, it's no surprise that they'd eventually turn to the alt-right because, again, they don't like women and they don't like people of color. So that's yep. always been constant ever since some of the ever since the, um, uh, the 90s or so. So, of course, they'd end up turning to Trumpism at some point. Yeah, go figure. Um... So of course, um, Sidero and um, well, Sidero and Ben end up splitting off from the rest of the group because they're going to go to the snack bar and meet up with uh, Sidero's friend uh, Malnor, who is introduced um, trying, who is basically introduced trying to get Admiral Akbar to say it's a trap. Yes, it's a, which it's I a felt snack. a total gutter ball of a reference. They should have gone for it's a wrap. It's a wrap, yeah, because it's literally a Ronto wrap. Again, uh, I haven't had one of those in forever. I, I want to go get one of those. Um, Me too. I, I, I'm going to do that soon, probably. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that on like. Which Thursday. would you rather have more, a uh, shawarma from Avengers Academy or a Ronto wrap? Uh, the shawarma because we don't have that here. Well, um, uh, shawarma was very good. Well, uh, speaking as a uh, polotarian, that's basically a vegetarian who still eats chicken. I'd say neither. Ah. Uh, hmm. 
Because, you know, again, the, the only meat I will willingly eat is chicken tenders. I love chicken tenders so much. They're the only meat I will willingly eat. Have you had the veggie Ronto wrap? It's very good. Uh, no, because, again, like, you know, I've never been to Galaxy's Edge before. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they, they, three more months. Actually, three they more months. A, they, they don't have the same veggie wrap. Um, the, I had the veggie wrap in California, and it was really good. They don't have the same one here. I think they have a different one. I haven't tried the one here. Um. <laughs> the only the only meat that Matt will eat willingly is chicken tenders. Tonight the <laughs> part of Matt will be played by Linkara. Oh, I didn't know I didn't know Lewis was also a veg also like a vegetarian as well. That's nice. Uh no, he he's just has a major affinity for chicken tenders. So meanwhile, Wick is taking Han and Leia to the reception desk. Um, uh, which seems to take a while, of course. Um and that's on Endor. Everything takes a while if you're not on a speeder bike. Yeah, that's true. And um, meanwhile, uh, Maldor and Sidero are asking Ben about um, what it's like to have Han and Leia as parents. Uh, it's like, oh, you've definitely flown the Falcon, right? Um, and of course, um, Rad, who is a, a Syrian? Yeah. Um, Rad so shows up. Tompkins. Yes. <laughs> so we've just got all the, all the great comedy people in this. Uh, and... Um, he belittles Ben for being short, which they're all the same height. They're Lego characters. <laughs> Actually, they are not quite the same height. Oh, they're not. Um, yeah, time to work my uh, Lego knowledge here. Um, okay. Ben has the standard short legs, which are the same size as uh, Dobby, SpongeBob, or uh, uh, young Boba Fett, which okay. are uh, little legs that don't move. They're just there to uh, look like short legs. Everyone else has um, new pieces called mid-legs. These were introduced around 2019 or 2020. They are um, one stud high, and they actually move. And okay. they're used for uh, younger or adolescent versions of characters. I believe it popped up in the Harry Potter line. So it was used... <clears throat> excuse me. So it was used for uh, the Goblet of Fire versions of the characters when they were, okay. you know, kind of on their way to grow up. So then that actually does work. <laughs> only just, they're only just a little bit um, taller than uh, short legs. So it's just kind of splitting, splitting Lego hairs at that point. So, <laughs> which, you know, are just plastic pieces that pop off. I love that which, they which actually do that in the special. Yes. <laughs> well, and the bit where their hair spins around later, too. That's so funny. I love that. Um, but yeah, Rod's just kind of kind of being a, uh, just kind of being a douche, basically. Um, and then um, basically Ben lies about um, having piloted the Falcon because uh, he mentions earlier wanting to fly it. And uh, Han is like, um, Han is like, well, you're not ready. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I've ridden in the Millennium Falcon with literal four-year-olds as pilots. So. <laughs> and I have the mental uh, capacity of a four-year-old and I've ridden the Falcon. <laughs> I even got two crates one time. Yay. Oh, I've, God, I've... I can't wait to win the Falcon. God, I can't wait to ride the Falcon. Just gotta wait three more months. I've logged over. I, I, I lost count after like my hundredth ride on it at Disneyland, but I've literally logged probably close to 200 flights on the Falcon at this point. Wow. Yeah. Single rider, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
with every passing day, I wish I was an annual pass holder. Then again, I wish I lived in Florida anyway. It has its uh, it has its pros and cons. Well, at least uh, you know what? Pros are you like... get to live near Disney World. Cons are yes. it's hot. We have a terrible governor, and some well, nights you'll hear either fireworks or gunshots. Whatever yeah, that well, was. Well, well, first <laughs> of all, I will first of all I will gladly take a Floridian summer over a winter here in the north. I That's hate the cold. Mm-hmm. And second, there's a good chance that your horrible governor will be ousted pretty soon. I hope so. God, I hope so. If you live in Florida, if you live in Florida and you can legally vote, vote for Charlie Chris. Yes, that is all. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and this has been another political uh, political element or political <laughs> moment. Um, Rad starts up the Falcon and begins going on a uh, very cha- chaotic joyride with it. Eventually uh, landing in what looks like an asteroid field, but it's actually Death Star wreckage, which I thought was yes. a really good touch. That was really cool. Um, which also begs the question, how long ago, like, like, like how long did it take for all that to actually crash that it's all still floating up there? Like, how old, how old is um, Ben supposed to be here? Like, eh, Argle Flargle space magic. Yeah. Um, Because obviously we know it does crash by the time we get to uh, Rise of Skywalker. Let's have a little counter going ding. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) of course, it turns out that the whole thing with Wick Cooper is that he's basically having a land dispute with the Ewoks. I was halfway convinced we were going to get a Dulox cameo in this. That, I don't know if it was, I don't know if, yeah, now that you mentioned it, Thomas Len, Thomas Lennon's performance did give off kind of John Lithgow as Lord Farquaad vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, they have very similar voice, vocal tone. Yeah, you know, it's very smarmy, very self-centered. Very Hades-like. Oh, wait, that's the other guy. Uh, uh but so basically, <laughs> uh, of course, the Ewoks final, well, the, the um, uh, Wick gets caught in one of the Ewoks' traps, and um, the Ewoks show up and immediately, of course, recognize Han, Leia, um, Chewie, and 3PO. Because they worship 3PO again. Yes. And, and celebrate Wicket being just back gives, with them. Wicket just gives Leia a full hug, which means yeah. Wicket got a hug with Leia before Chewie did. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Chewie has hugged Leia multiple times, though. Uh, it's it's not an I don't think it would be an uncommon thing, but I know I know I, I know you're making that joke. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course. But uh then of course Leia senses that um Ben is in trouble and um Han um hollow calls in and is like, Okay, you're gonna have to fly the Falcon. Um uh, and um Ben is able to successfully pilot it out of the wreckage. Yeah, and of course, we get a Never Tell Me the Odds reference. Yes, Never Tell Me the mm-hmm. Odds. And um, and uh, Ben says, don't and, get oh, cocky. Yeah, don't get cocky. Uh, oh. That's that. I think that's another element I really loved about Rise of Skywalker, actually, was that moment where um, Ben does the, the, the Han, like, shrug kind of move. Like, ah, oh, so, so good. I love that. Like, mm-hmm. That moment where it's like, yeah, he really is just like his dad. I'm like, that's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I wish we had gotten more of in the movie. So I really like that this actually has that. 
Um, the other one, of course, that happens a little later is when Han says, I love you, and Ben says, I know. I'm like, oh, oh. Too, was, too, was... bad everything, too bad everything uh, everything falls apart later, but that's a nice moment. <laughs> well, uh, unless you buy into the theory that Han deliberately killed himself so that Ben could have the redemption arc, because I, I think yeah. someone brought it up. Someone brought it up in one of Tony's videos. I forget which one, but. That was a theory that I remember hearing about, like, you know, that that Han deliberately sacrificed himself so that Ben could be redeemed in the end. I don't know. I, I feel like you'd have to be kind of clairvoyant to make that kind of uh, gamble to know that it would eventually pay off. But I don't I know. Think, Han don't, is the one to that... be the cocky one anyway. So I, I don't think it was that ever that um, unreasonable of a bet because they they, you know, Vader had a redemption arc. So it kind of makes sense that Ben was going to have one, too. Plus, I'm up. We get to see the uh, rad getting carried off to be barbecued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. And at the end of the story, is like, you know, Leia tells him, like, you know, it's okay to let go sometimes because you'll always have the memories. And they, they, do, the, they do the quote, no one's ever really gone. No one's ever and really gone. And at that gone. moment, the ghost of Ben appears next to his, mo- his mother. And they, oh. Which is great. Oh, that's a great moment. And I, uh, I feel like nobody oh, else but also, Ghost of, um, I, oh, I feel ahead. like no one else but I feel like no one else but the ghost of uh Leia could have said about, you know, you know, it's good to let people go and whatnot, considering. Yeah. Also, um uh, also Sidero um gives Ben a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I buy their chemistry more than um Ray and Ray and Kylo. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Ray and Ben's relationship in the sequel trilogy in Last Jedi especially was very interesting and compelling that it was never it never should have been a romantic thing but anyways mm-hmm. um like that was never their relationship but well yeah. that's what happens well that's what happens when the executives and the writers are thrown off by the um, uh, intense fandom reaction to the last Jedi and they go well out of their way to pander to them in the next film how much time did that even have to make changes to the script like they already filmed all this in theory or at least part of it they, they well, should at least have a wait, script I don't know. wait wait when did they when did they when did they when did they fire Colin Trevorrow and add J.J. Abrams back onto it it was before last Jedi came out yeah well, and, and wait, and what about, and I know that Carrie Fisher died in December of 2016, so I'm not. Uh, yeah, so that, she had filmed everything for Last Jedi. Like, yeah, all so of that they had, was done. So they hadn't they filmed Rise of Skywalker Force yet. Force Awakens for Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker. Yeah, so they hadn't filmed the Rise of Skywalker yet, so that obviously threw a spanner into the works for Leia's participation in that movie. So I wonder if they'd started filming that yet. So then maybe they, they were still fi- finalizing the story at that point. Yeah. Honestly, given those two gunshot wounds to the kneecaps at the beginning of the race, it's amazing that they actually finished the movie. That's true. I I still, on the one hand, I'm like, well, it, you know, it wouldn't have been the end of the world if they had delayed it. But then again, that would have been delayed by the end of the world. So, hmm. yeah. Oh, could you imagine? It? Could you imagine a box office world where it got delayed and came out the same weekend as Top Gun Maverick? That would have been <laughs> wild. Yeah, there may have been a chance that it could have beaten Top Gun Maverick. Not sure. Well, I don't. Th- I don't think they would have put that out if Star Wars was coming out at the same time. I think they would have had it be at a different weekend so they didn't cannibalize each other. Because <laughs> I, I, I think it's 
you know, the... You know, I, I think the thing is these studios do think about, okay, well, we don't want our movies to cannibalize each other because then nobody makes as much money as they could. Because you only have a certain amount of people going to the movies yeah. for these. Uh, but anyways... Um, oh, why, Chandler, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It is time for the return of the list you've all been waiting for, good listeners. Yes, that's right. It's time once again for Sets Deagill Recognizes. For new listeners to the podcast without a cool acronym, whenever I am on a Lego podcast, I always take to, I like to take a note of whichever Lego sets pop up that I recognize, either because I have or because I'm an avid Lego fan and I have written them all down. In no particular order, we have the Imperial Shuttle. Um, This is the newer release that came out around 2021 or so. It's uh, slightly uh, smaller than the uh, my favorite version, which came out in 2014. I never picked it up, but I do recognize the build. Uh, The skiff, uh, excuse me, Uh, Jabba Fett's birthday skiff looks strikingly similar to the most recent skiff set from 2017, but it has a gun on the end, so it's a little interesting there. Um, the fire spray ship that Boba Fett chases them down in, his famous fire spray ship. Again, deal with it. Um, this is the 20th anniversary build from 2019. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with the smaller build from the Mandalorian line, but um, I'm all for it since I like a bigger, more intimidating fire spray. Um, the uh, let's see, Valeria's ship is the Ewing Fighter from the 2016 Rogue One line, which I still have yet to nab, but it is a very good looking set. Uh, later on in there, we actually see Luke's Landspeeder, which gets a ton of repeat uh, designs over the years. It's kind of a running joke in the Lego community. Like every other year, we get a new Luke's Landspeeder. So I believe this one came out in 2020, I think. And of course, at the end, um, uh, we see the Falcon, which is the uh, new UCS build and not any of the uh, newer builds. I thought it looked like the Rise of Skywalker build, but I was mistaken. Sorry, Luke. And uh, the very last set I recognized was the speeder bikes on the Endor ship. Uh, on, on the Endor moon, we see a couple of speeder bikes in need of repair, and they look exactly like the ones from the short-lived Lego Star Wars line where they would attempt to make uh, these sort of action battle kind of sets in 2019 where they had big red and blue targets where you'd try and fire and there'd be a fun play feature. They did one of Endor with speeder bikes and Ewoks and all that good stuff. This has been Sets Deagle Recognizes. Tune in next time if we cover the Lego Freemaker Adventures. Another thing, the, the way that this this special ends, if, if, if I'm allowed to talk about that yet. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we, you know, we have that, the runner through the whole thing of the hologram of uh, Lando Calrissian, you know, on the, on the, on the Star Cruiser, you know, but the way that it, it wraps up, it really feels like they're, they're saying like, like this is an ending, you know, so I, I never really stopped to think about the notion of like, you know, we're that, that there were like, you know, it was like a contract deal, like, oh, there's going to be three specials and then, you know, that's it for this set of things that we've ordered. I just always kind of assumed that they were, you know, just, you know, doing them individually. 
So for, for them to kind of be like, oh, this was a, these were meant to be like a three part, you know, thing. I just, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know. I just find that interesting because to me, I'm just kind of like, well, why wouldn't you want to continue making specials like this if you can, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yes. Maybe they don't want it to, they, they don't want to have them overstay their welcome and kind of feel like, okay, well, eventually everyone does have to part, you know, part ways and go do different things. Plus, Lego specials do have a tendency to, uh, pardon my uh, phrasing here, but brick on arrival. A few of them do kind of hit like Freemaker and Lego All-Stars, but then you get stuff like the Yoda Chronicles and stuff that just doesn't really connect with people. And the sets do have a, a tendency to um, be shelf warmers and stick around for way too long. So it's always kind of a gamble whenever you're doing uh, toy uh, tie-in stuff. But thankfully, with these last three, it's been a gamble that's paid off because these have been utterly delightful. Yes. Yes. Yeah, these have been a lot of fun. Uh, it makes me. It makes me wonder if there's any particular reason why they wouldn't. You know. Uh. You know. If. If. If whatever the you know metrics are at Disney Plus, if they felt like. Well, these three, three, these three Lego specials did well. What if they did, you know, Marvel Lego specials? You know, um... yeah, I could, I could absolutely see that. That would be a lot of fun. Now the question is, would they go MCU or would they try to do like classic Marvel comics style? Because we get uh, MCU sets like clockwork every year because uh, they're much more reliable um, money makers because of the new minifigures and everything. I'd guess so... they'd probably want to stick mostly mcu but also have have it be their own universe enough so that you know like you know for first of all that like iron man and and black widow and everything like you know that they're all still around <laughs> you know so that you know we're not dealing with all that but i mean it's it's just you know the more they you know they, they obviously want you know base it mainly on what the kind of most well-known set of things is which is mcu but make your own rules and reference other things too because you know, that that brings in a lot more potential for comedy. Oh, so oh, it's yeah, Avengers absolutely. Academy rules. Uh, Avengers, Avengers Campus, Campus yeah. rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that. if they can have the Star Cruiser in a, in a special, there absolutely should be, uh, you know, the Avengers Campus in a Lego special. You know, the, the Worldwide Engineering Brigade. And all the little <laughs> all little spider bots going crazy. That would be great. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. Luke, did you know that the spider bots show up in the Spidey and His Amazing Friends series on Disney Junior? Oh no, I didn't notice that. I'll, I'll have to check well, that out. Well, specifically, there's one of them, and it's uh, uh, its name is Tracy. It's very cute. I'll have to check that out. Also, also, Peter Parker has his own Spider-Man lounge fly bag. <laughs> <laughs> so look, it totally looks like a lounge fly bag, like people would have in the parks. Oh, yes. wait, th this Spidey and his amazing friends. There's no cameo from Dracula. Zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That was that that was glorious. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, now that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has opened its doors to the multiverse, I wonder if I don't know if we're going to get another Spider-Man film or if No Way Home was the end of Spider-Man. We're definitely going to get other Spider-Man films. Uh, yeah, because... I think I think basically where we are now, it's going to be there, there's going to be another trilogy with Tom Holland where yeah. he's fully coming to his own as Spider-Man. Yeah, because the big mm. thing I 
I've seen a few bits and pieces of Spidey and his amazing friends. And I know the big one of the big conceits of the episode is that it's three Spider-Man. It's um, Peter yes. Parker, Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, and Miles Morales. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a similar team up in the official MCU. I know maybe we in, are maybe in a Spider-Verse sequel. We already do see um that like there are references to Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales in uh, the queue for web slingers, so um does anyone else have anything they want to say about the special? Well, honestly, I think this was um I I I've only seen Terrifying Tales and Summer Vacation. I still haven't seen the holiday special yet. Maybe mm -hmm. I will once Christmas comes around, but I think I could say for all intents and purposes, Summer Vacation was my absolute favorite. I mean, I loved the stories they did. I love all the references. I, I all the parks references, all the movie references, and the the ending was really heartwarming. Yeah, like, you know, absolutely. Seeing all these seeing these characters go on one last adventure, you know, seeing the the, the ghosts of the the characters together, and ending with Billy D. Williams himself. Billy D. Williams saying to us, "May the force be with you." That was yeah, uh, that, oh, was, that just, was great, um, incredible. So yes, very good special, Disney Plus. Uh, go watch it. <laughs> Eat the tapes, Disney Plus. Um, whatever else there is. <laughs> Acronym uh, acronymize it. <laughs> Acron <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything like that. Uh, <laughs> what's the attraction? Wait, we already know. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, does anyone have anything they want to plug? I sure do. Um, you can find me on Twitter at dgill2295. I also have a TikTok at dgill underscore dg1722. Um, actually coming up on my Twitter, Disney Plus Day will be coming up, and um, I will be doing a live tweet of a um, random uh, live-action Disney remake, which I do not know what it is because the poll has not um, concluded yet at time of recording. Editor Chandler here. Yes, it was indeed Pinocchio. God help him. Well, that'll uh, teach me to chase topicality. <laughs> well, I've been doing podcast appearances for almost two years, and I've never had anything to plug. Until now. Hooray! That that's right, I have officially started my own YouTube channel, Itchy Lot Productions. Named after, of course, the famous Simpsons joke, one of my personal favorite Simpsons jokes. And, um, yeah, I set it up. It's called Itchy Lot Productions. And you can also find it, find the channel on Twitter at Itchy Lot Prods. And, um, I'm hoping to do my first video. I'm hoping to do, um, uh, a reaction, a reaction to, um, uh, the various announcements that will be made at the parks panel at D23 this coming Sunday. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll have some people and some other people join me for it. Maybe some, maybe, uh, maybe even maybe the guy who here. runs this podcast. Maybe. Yes. And, um, but beyond that, um, um, I, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I am going to Disney World this December and I definitely intend to do a vlog about it. So expect right. to see that coming. At the end, of, at, especially that starting up, maybe at the end of the year, going well into 2023. So, yes, once I mean, again, that's, yes. What, what? Oh, I was going say, I mean, I, I still have stuff from a, over a year ago that I'm editing. So, you know. Yeah. No rush. 
Yeah, yes. Yes. So uh once again, that's Itchy Lot Productions on YouTube at Itchy Lot Prods on Twitter. Check it out. And Luke. Well, myself and Kyle Carosa, the creator of Cartoon Network's Mighty Magisorts, have an animation podcast called Kyle and Luke Talk About Tunes. You can find find that at kyleandluke.libson.com. We put out an episode every two weeks. Uh recent episodes uh include uh, us uh, discussing that whole Warner Brothers Discovery uh, debacle. Uh, and also uh, the most recent episode, uh, Kyle and I actually talk about things that we've been working on lately uh, uh, for the animation industry, uh, like to the degree that we're able to talk about them. Uh, but, you know, we're always talking about uh, whatever is new in animation for TV and movies and all kinds of things. So check that out at kyleandluke.libson.com. Um, and, uh, also if you're interested in my comedy music, you can check that out at lukeski.bandcamp.com. Uh, I do have a collection, a compilation of all of my Star Wars songs in one collection called May the Farce Be With You. Uh, so you can get that there, or you can get all of my other albums individually, or you can get the entire discography for just, uh, under 50 bucks. So, uh, go check that out at lukeski.bandcamp.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97, as well as this podcast at Ad Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm now available on iHeartRadio and Audible. Leave us a review, give us five stars, and share us with your friends. I've got a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, on my YouTube channel. I also visited a whole bunch of parks across the Midwest last summer, and I'm slowly working on getting those vlogs finished. The Holiday World video is finally out, so definitely go check that out. I'm working on getting the Cedar Point video edited, but I don't know how long that's going to take me. And I will definitely be making more videos about my more recent trips that I've taken, but I have to get through the backlog of old stuff I haven't edited yet first before I do those. Some of those parks are actually parks that I also visited last year, so... If you want to support me even more, be sure to check out my new and improved Patreon! That's right, I actually have a Patreon again! Patreon.com slash Starport97. Just a dollar a month gets you early access to new episodes of this podcast one day early, and new videos at least one week early. Sometimes more if I haven't finished the next one quite on time. And be sure to join us next week when we cover Cars on the Road, right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. Come on out to the beach here. There's no empire's reach here. Whatever you do, it's true. We're set to ignite.